there, it's Rebecca, and recently I had the opportunity to interview my grandmother about um, her job that she had when she was younger, and today um, I'll uh, let you listen to the interview, and hope you enjoy it. Hello, I'm Rebecca Jones, and today I'm here with my grandma, Kathy Gibson. How are you today? I'm fine. <laughs> so, let me start by asking um, about your high school days. What were they like? Uh, they were interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, like, did you want the junior high or the senior high or a combination of the two? Uh, let's do senior high. Your academic achievements, Oops. your... Um, I got totally recommended in grade 12, which I was really thankful for because I didn't like what I heard about the math exam for the finals. Um, oh, we, we had fun. We had to work because of being on the sciences program and the university sciences program. We had to do a lot of um, reports and uh, things like that, and we did not have computers at the time, so we had to look everything up on our own, write it out legibly in pen. <laughs> And, um, but, you know, we, we, we had fun. Um, it was totally different than what it is now. Uh, we had the more, more basic fun, I guess you might say. But, uh, yeah, we worked, but we, we had fun. And like, like when we di- dissected the fish, we got to go to Elk Lake and catch our fish. Oh, really? Yep. During school time. <laughs> and things like that. And uh, the, the highlight was... Um, in grade grade eleven science was uh, going to UVic to see the electron microscope they just got. Oh really? Oh yeah, but that was the big highlight. <laughs> I think I only went on two field trips while I was in school. Hmm. So anyway, and going back to a few uh, uh, well about a minute or so, what do you mean by you got recommended? I did not have to write any of the final exams for grade 12. Nice. It was so nice. <laughs> I didn't have to write my math, didn't have to write my French, didn't have to write my physics. Oh yeah, I really liked that. Because I heard they were just stinkers. Oh really? Yep. So what were you planning to do for your post-secondary schooling <laughs> or education? I was going to go to UVic for two years. And then I was going to go to the University of Saskatchewan because I was going to be a vet. Oh, really? Yep. And I wrote my scholarship exams and I got into UVic. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's as far as I went because I started, I had to work for the summer to make money for school. And I enjoyed it too much. <laughs> so never went back, lost my scholarships. So, and so, what was that job that you liked too much? I worked at CFB Esquimalt as a civilian for the military, mm-hmm. and my first job that I really enjoyed was um, uh, working with the um, hydrographic services. And my job was to when I came in the morning. I had to track where the Russian and Chinese 
uh, fishing trawlers and freighters were. The Americans were building the nuclear submarine pens mm -hmm. down in ba um, Bangor, Washington. And they were in the Straits and off the West Coast. And they were trailing and doing spying missions and stuff. Oh, really? So I got to do that and send all my results back to Moncton mm -hmm. using a teletype. <laughs> we did not have fax machines. And then after that, I had to make sure all the chronometers were all set to the correct time for if a ship came in mm -hmm. and uh, wanted, wanted a chronometer because the chronometer on the, shi on the ship was not working right, then they had to make sure we had another one that they could uh, take at any time. Oh, really? Yep. And did you do anything else while I was there? As a uh, oh, I corrected the charts, which are the naval word for like maps for yeah. different harbors around the world. Um, but my last big job that I had to do um, was um, um, provisioning the ships that were going to Vietnam to bring back the Canadians and the... Um, um, Vietnamese civilians that were working for the Canadian Armed Forces mm -hmm. um, as Saigon was getting ready to fall with the Viet Cong. Oh. That was really interesting. And provisioning, that's putting, uh, like, putting things on, onto the ships. Onto the ships, okay. like the Terra Nova and the, and the Provider and uh, the other ships that went, all the other support ships. And all the ships had to go through refit first before they went. And so then you had to make sure that had enough um, brass, nuts and bolts and et cetera, et cetera, to fix up the ships so they wouldn't fall apart halfway across the Pacific. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we couldn't, uh, some of the ships, we couldn't um, get them completely refitted before they left. So then all the spare parts had to be sent down to uh, San Diego because they would pull into San Diego and get refueled. And then the spare parts had to be down there so they could go on the ship and then the ship could get fixed again as it was going across the Pacific okay. to Pearl Harbor. Hmm. And from there to Vietnam. And so uh, what were you, or did you have anything you had to do after sending the ships off to Vietnam? I um, was asked to go up to Nanus to uh, work in the subpens up there and uh, just as, as office. Um, and I would stayed up there on, on the base for three weeks mm -hmm. and then come home for four days and I'd have a car and driver to bring me up and down. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, it's really nice. <laughs> and um, But I had a real problem with being the only girl, only female, on the base and just having the back end of the barracks turned into my rooms. So uh, I went and declined. I just didn't feel comfortable doing that, but in a yeah. lot of ways, I mean, I had a car and driver when we were um, getting the ships ready because the base was more or less on lockdown because it was top secret. Right. Most Canadians did not know we had soldiers fighting in Vietnam. 
And um, so I had a car and driver for that when they allowed me to come home for a couple of hours. And I must say, it was so nice having a chauffeur driver <laughs> calling me ma'am and helping me in and out of the car. So you only got to be home for a couple hours? A couple hours, then I had to go back, yep. Okay. And he stayed there while I was visiting the family, yep. Mm -hmm. Because with the tight type of job, you couldn't just trust that you wouldn't go blabbing and saying things you shouldn't have. Yeah. But even with the, um, with the trawlers and the Russian and the Chinese subs coming through the straits, mm -hmm. we had the auroras flying. Or, over, over Victoria. The Auroras? The Auroras, sub chasers. Okay. And sometimes they were even loaded with bomb, with um, di uh, death charges. And nobody, well, they, they saw them, but they didn't realize what was going on. Hmm. And that's uh, so all I could do not to bite my tongue and say, look, they're not just showing off how well they can fly. Yeah. But I couldn't say anything. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And what are subpens? Like, subpens is, 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 no, no, it's uh, the underground, like, because the subpens at the noose are under the, the, the hill there. Mm -hmm. So they come in underwater and they have their, right where they tie up is inside the mountain. Oh. And they're called a pen. And they drive in or mm -hmm. they, they go forward in and back out usually or vice versa, depending upon what is happening. And that's where they get refueled and... Re replenished all their provisions. And oh, so that's for the subs or the that's ships? For, that's for the subs. subs. Yeah. Okay. Ships don't do well right. underwater. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they would have some, um, um, not, not destroyers, minesweepers and things mm -hmm. like that up there. But the big thing was the pens, the sub pens. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, it was. And, uh, they still have them, as I understand. Oh, really? Not that we have any subs, but it's used no. by other countries oh. when they come up. Because they can come underwater and come in and have a visit. Hmm. Leave. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Mm -hmm. And so how long were you in the, um, mi uh, the military as a civilian? Uh, oh, wow. Oh, three years, three and a half years. Three and a half years? Yep, not long. But it was interesting. I bet. And how did you like working in the military? I, as a I wouldn't have stayed there if I didn't like it. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, to <did> that. <laughs> did you have any jobs after you left, or was that your uh, last job? I, I worked for a while. Um, at the uh, hotel down in Couch and Bay for about three years, and that was really about it. Stayed home, raised my kids, homeschooled my kids, things like that. Busy, busy. Yep. All right. Thank you for having this interview with me. Oh, you're welcome. No problem. At least <laughs> I can talk to you about it. Yep. Thank you. You're welcome. So that was the interview, and this was a great opportunity for me to learn more about my grandmother. Um, I already knew quite a bit already, um, but I learned more about what she did after she left the military as a civilian. Um, I learned about what she wanted to go into school for, 
Um, and I think it's really cool that I have the opportunity to hear about the details now, because if you're in the military as a civilian, or I guess even as a military personnel, you can't tell anyone for 35 years after you've left. And luckily, it's been more than 35 years after she left the military as a civilian. So I'd like to just give a shout out to my grandma. And I hope you enjoyed the interview. Thank you. Talk to you later.